0: Hello, and welcome to the Non-Anxious Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Knight, and I want to engage in a larger conversation about church culture. Churches are growing ever more anxious. Pastors are becoming more frazzled and discouraged. But I believe together, instead of becoming lost in the anxious waters of our world, we as the church can sit at the feet of Jesus, anchored in His peace and purpose. Today, in the first episode, we will look at polarization and why people need a pastor. Let's start with a larger premise. There's so much happening in our world that we aren't good at wrapping our minds, emotions, and spirituality around it. I mean, just think about some of the things that are happening right now in our world. The pandemic is still going on after, you know, originally thinking two weeks, maybe a month, maybe more. There's protocols, COVID protocols, and they're changing all the time. And states are having responding differently countries are responding differently and and even our own personal response to the pandemic may has may have changed and and morphed and evolved in different ways think about things that are going on in Afghanistan or the tropical storms hitting the gulf and the east coast and we see the California recall vote that just happened. There's racial tensions and racial reconciliation discussions that are happening across uh, America. We see school debates over masks and even teachings that are happening in the school. And this is just what's happening in the world. But what about in everyone's personal life? I mean, think about if this is what we're dealing with on a larger perspective, everybody still has their own stuff, their own things they're working through, their own weariness that they have, their own exhaustion that they have to deal with in their own life. Maybe it's uh, you know spiritual, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical, maybe it's financial. I don't know, but everyone is working through stuff. And so if we get into the the personal life, it becomes even more complex and more exhausting for the individual. And so this is why people are so weary right now. And when people are weary, just naturally speaking, people become more stressed and more cranky. That's just how it works. I'm a dad. I'm a dad of a few kids. And let me tell you that when they are weary, when they are tired and they are worn out, they get cranky. And adults, this doesn't change when you become an adult. You just handle it differently. You respond differently, but you're still cranky. And when people are cranky, what they often do, and what, actually I shouldn't say often, what people do when they're cranky is they do two things. The first is that they look for some sort of soothing, something to soothe them, uh, their crankiness, whether it be food or a drink or addiction, or something on the internet, or binge-watching TV. People look for things that will soothe their crankiness. They need something to sort of take the edge off, if you will. The other thing that people do when they're cranky is they look for support. They need somebody to justify them in their crankiness. And if they can't do find people to justify them in their crankiness, then they will justify themselves in their crankiness and shout about it until everyone hears how they're right, they're self-righteous. They they have made themselves righteous, right? They have done it for themselves. And so people look for these two things. They, they look to soothe or support. And this is where people are at right now with all this weariness, all this exhaustion, all this stress, all this crankiness, all this soothing that they've found themselves. They've self-soothed and they found support and they come to church. And and where where, like what happens then? what are they looking for whether they realize it or not they're looking for more support and more soothing and yet as what a church should be doing a church should be embodying a pastor and leadership should be embodying is not to continue to create more channels for their self-soothing or their support for their crankiness instead we get we got to get back to the core which was weariness people are weary they're weary right now and what does jesus say about those who are weary he says in matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for i am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thus, what do people need in this season when they're weary, stressed, and cranky? Not more news sources, not more social media fixes, not more self-justification or even justification from uh, other sources. What they need is Christ. What they need is Jesus. What they need to what they need to experience is someone to show them, someone to help them, someone to teach them the way of Jesus in which they can come with their weary souls and find rest. Find an easier way. Find an easier yoke to strap on. And however, though, what we find is that pastors are not immune to this weary world. We're not immune to being cranky or looking for support or finding uh, our own soothing ways, we're steeped into this too. And the, the waters have been boiling and we might find ourselves as pastors boiling too. We're immune to all this. We're weary and burdened. And so many pastors when they feel weary and burdened, they often engage in a flight or res- or fight or flight response. They either fly away or they fight the system. And this is what pastors find themselves in right now. And one of the reasons pastors are struggling in this season is because they feel like they either have to fight everything or they have to run from everything. And we see this happening all over the place, all over the country, all over the the world. Pastors are either choosing to ignore and pretend that the people and themselves aren't weary and need rest, and they're running from cultural discussions. Uh, they're, they're fearful of those things. And so their mechanism is to fly away from them, not even think they're out there, not even talk about them, not even worry about them. Or we see pastors fighting and they come and they, they come to the pulpit and they say, hey, have I got an opinion for you? Welcome to our church where we have decided to dive headfirst into the, all this and you can jump on board or you can go somewhere else. And that's what we see happening. And this is just then creating another anxious location and another anxious system and participating and swimming in the sea of anxiousness that our world has created, that churches where we should be allowing people to find rest have become another source of burden, another source of weariness, another source of crankiness. Because pastors are either fleeing or they're fighting. No matter where you land on the issue, this fighting is in flying is a common response. But what I'm finding and, and what we're seeing is that people, what they need, whether they realize it or not, is pastors in this season. They don't need politicians. They have enough of those out there. They don't need more scientists. The data's out there and people are interpreting it however they want. We're finding that to be true. People don't need more news anchors. They find enough news. They don't need crazy Uncle Bernie from Thanksgiving table spouting off their opinions. What they need is pastors. They need someone to love them, care for them, shepherd them, lead them, encourage them, give them hope, give them uh, truth that, that is not anchored in the tensions of our world, but restful and soothing in a way that is anchored in the reality of Jesus. See, people come to church and they need pastors, someone to care for them as a shepherd cares for their sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. Pastors are called shepherds and they follow in the way of Jesus. They need to be steeped in the way of Jesus, not in the ways of the world, but in the ways of Jesus. Think about what Jesus says in John 10. In John 10, he says this, Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may find, or they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. you know, the, the thief has come in to steal and to kill and to destroy and to scatter, right? We even see the people running away and, and there's this imagery of sort of trying to scatter the flock that when the wolf attacks and scatters the flock, right? Isn't that what's happening in this season? Isn't that what's, what's going on is this great polarization is created because the wolf is scattering the flock. So what do we need? Well, it says right here we need a good shepherd. We need to learn to hear the shepherd's voice and be trained to follow back and go back to when we he, he when he calls we listen and we follow and we go. So maybe you're wondering as as if you're if you're a church leader or a church even a church congregant, but especially church pastors, what are we to do then? Well, let me use an illustration here. Think about a boiling pot of water. Now in our culture, our culture is naturally good at boiling pots of water. We're good at sort of making things tense and the culture creating this boiling pot of water and, and our culture sort of responds to it and everybody's got an opinion about it and everybody's got a thing to do. Now to fight or to flight, let's start with that, to flight or fly away from The boiling pot of water is to pretend the pot isn't boiling at all i mean just ignore the steam ignore the bubbles ignore the heat that is rising in the room just ignore it all but to fight is to stick your hand in the boiling pot of water and this is what we see pastors and churches and leaders trying to do is choosing one of these two things. Let's pretend that the pot's not boiling. I know there's a lot of tension in this room and I know a lot of people are feeling it. And instead of trying to teach people the restful, easy yoke of Jesus, we just pretend it's not there. The pot is not boiling that the culture isn't trying to suck them into certain opinions and beliefs. But some pastors, their response is, let's not ignore the boiling pot of water. Let's just dive head first in it. And then the pastors are wondering why they get burned, why people are leaving, why people are sending nasty emails, why people are frustrated. I mean, you're going to get those anyways, but these pastors, especially that have decided to, to just attack the boiling pot of water are wondering what happened. I thought I would have more support, but instead my hand is burning because I stuck my hand right in it. But what should we do with a boiling pot of water? Like, think about it. Like, if you're in a kitchen and you're boiling a pot of water, what should you do with it? And it's done boiling and it's time to do something about it, you should handle it with great care, right? And this is for our people. If we go back to the church, for our people, for their weariness, for their burdens, it's handle it with great care. Help them find greener pastures. Help them with spiritual discipline so they aren't lost in the weeds of the world or distracted by the yelling of our culture. Instead, listening to the gentle whisper of Jesus. And so what's a pastor to do or a church leader to do or even a church congregant to do? Stick on the potholders, right? Like, If we're going to pick up this boiling pot of water let's let's handle it with great care we're going to have to put on our potholders first so we don't get burned nor do we burn the people around us and that what's that look like the potholders are wisdom and discernment as one potholder and if you put one on the other hand it's kindness and if we're going to pick up the spoiling pot of water, or we're going to handle it with great care. We need to do it with great wisdom and great discernment, but we also need to do it with great kindness. Now think about what Jesus said about kindness. He says, uh, I mean, not Jesus, but the Bible says about kindness, that kindness is what leads to repentance, right? Kindness is what leads to repentance. If we're wanting our people to repent for their cultural sins, what should we do? We should help them through kindness, and so we put wisdom on one hand and kindness on the other. And then we're able to wade through the boiling pot issues of our society. Does this mean that we should talk about every issue that our society brings up? No, no, no. I'll get to that in a minute. But there are times where our people need a pastor and they need someone with a pastoral heart to help them handle the boiling pots of our society. Every, and here's the reality is every boiling pot issue has at its core a deep felt need. Let me say that again. Every boiling pot issue has at its core a deep felt need for people. Whether it be justice, right? Or hope, intimacy, belonging, or healing. Now think about the boiling pot issues that are that are raging in our church, raging in our society, that people are wanting to send you angry emails about or get frustrated with. Go, the wisdom and kindness would would dig into the core issue. Man, maybe what they're seeking is not some sort of agenda, but truly they're seeking justice. Well, guess what? We know the God who is just. Man, maybe they're searching for hope and they're just looking down the wrong path. Man, what what could we do that would be kind to them? Show them hope. And you don't always have to rain on every parade to show hope, but you can point people in the right direction to better hope. Maybe it's intimacy. Think about some of the things that are, that are raging in our society that really what it is is this deep longing for intimacy. They want intimacy and they're chasing after it wherever they can, wherever they can find it. Maybe it's belonging or healing. And as a pastor, what they need is somebody to show them this restful way of Jesus. For Jesus says, you're weary, come find rest. And guess what? In the rest of Jesus, there's justice and hope and intimacy and belonging and healing. And so as pastors and leaders and congregants, here's what we do. We let the Bible do all the heavy lifting. Man, you don't always have to wade into every every specific nuance of every specific boiling pot issue, right? That's that's going to get you burned. What you can do though is let the Bible do the heavy lifting. Oh, are you hoping for justice? Let's talk about the God who is just, who cares about justice. What about and what else you can do is be a non-anxious presence, this steadiness, this joy-filled sort of Allowing not your own inner angst to sort of not come through, if you will, by developing personal devotion, personal uh, following of the voice of the shepherd. And you can do this through great care and concern for our brothers and sisters and those outside still, too. We can do this with great kindness. And when we're gentle and kind, people want more of that. Whether they repent right away or not, they want more people in their lives that are gentle and kind. Gentle and kind is a, it's gone in our society right now. You see a lot of people being gentle or kind right now, and that's what they're looking for. So being a non-anxious church this week is creating more congregants, more pastors, more leaders that are willing to practice wisdom, discernment, and be gentle and kind. So even if you aren't a pastor, even if you aren't a church leader, you, my friend, are also called to set the stage for healing, lead people to the Prince of Peace. I'm gonna leave you with a quote. It's from Mark Sayers who says, live with a peaceful presence in an anxious system and you will become a healing agent of renewal. That's my prayer for you this week as we consider what it looks like to be a non-anxious church in a world that swims in anxiousness Let's cultivate a church a culture that isn't lost in the sea of anxiousness one podcast at a time. Until next time.